we kidding? Hey, I'm Carla, mom of two, living in the burbs. And I'm Meg, professional photographer living in San Francisco. This is Who Are We Kidding? A podcast about fumbling your way through life with rad friends and stiff drinks. Hey guys, we're back. Um, so it's fall time. And... <laughs> took a summer break (laughs) accidental (laughs) summer break um but uh here's the thing it's like hunker down let's get some shit done time that's what fall is for me it's like back at it and uh meg's thinking that maybe if we do it right christmas doesn't have to be a mad dash and we (laughs) not we know that's not real she seriously wrote that the, yeah, the bigger the bigger issue that this brings up is that Meg never learns from past mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so Christmas yeah. is going to be insane, but for now yeah. we're just going to try to get our fall in order, um, and that's the plan. We're going to share some of the some of our mad skills with you. Yeah, totally. Carla and I have been talking um, for quite some time now about how we wished we could like merge into one giant super friend. <laughs> Because um, we have some combined skills that could like really help in the productivity realm um, of our lives. So we find over the years um, when we were living together, we would just yell at each other from across the apartment these questions. But now we have to call each other mm-hmm. <laughs> and try to get you know input and help on things, um, maybe in areas where the other one is lacking. And uh, Basically, everyone has a different set of skills, so we thought we might share ours with you guys, and or some of ours with you guys, and this is sort of a um, a selfish secret ploy, because we're kind of hoping that you'll return the favor to us and let us know about areas of life where you excel, um, because, you know, there's plenty of areas where we all have no idea what we're doing. So we're going to share some skills. We're going to get some of your skills. It's going to be a skills swap. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I'm saying it with a Z like a middle-aged white lady would. So awesome. <laughs> We're almost there. We might as yeah. well start embracing it. Totally. Um, okay. So uh, we already hinted at it, but before we dig into our skill swap, um, can we please for a second <laughs> revisit the hope that we had in our hearts for summer? <laughs> if you guys We were back- the 2008 campaign. We were oh like, yes, God. we can. Yes. Oh, I mean, if you guys go back and just listen to the beginning of episode 14, it's a riot because <laughs> it is a laugh riot <laughs> because it is not how things went down at all not, for not a at all. I can't even remember the mindset I had that hopeful, lighthearted mindset. I was all maybe if I can get all of my work activities done, I'll have an actual summer in July and August. <laughs> How'd that work out for you, Meg? Yeah, peace, bitch. What were you thinking? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. I didn't see anybody for months. No, all you did was you work. On birthday. You just yeah, worked, and worked, worked and worked and worked. Yep, totally. I had a summer vacation. We pulled that off. Yeah. That was good. That was really good. Was good. And I didn't get to join in because I was driving across the country with two children. <laughs> Which some people call a vacation, but not no, us. That was that was not a vacation. <laughs> Uh, it was time off work. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's different. It. Totally. How were your dreams of summer, Carla, where you thought like <laughs> it would be the time to sh- show your children 
<laughs> the magic. All the yeah. magicness of the magicness. You like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it wasn't particularly magical. There were pockets of magic. Um, I actually feel like I sort of <laughs> did a good job. I sort of blew my wad in the beginning, which mm-hmm. ultimately I think is good because it's like, okay, we we did all this stuff. Yay, us. But then it that, you know, so like June, I mean, we we went to the museum. We did like all kinds of cool, fun activities that we had wanted to do. And then it kind of got to be like, oh, God. You know, there was still summer and we were sort of out of things. Out of things to do. Yeah. We did get in a couple good pool days. Yes. You know? Oh, that my was God. Cool. The, I, the weekend that you guys came up and we had a pool party, that was like the highlight. And and was that was that July? I think it was. See, I don't yeah. even remember. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We did so we did. Yay. Okay. A win in July. Yay. Okay. <laughs> so we did that. And my parents... um paid for all of us to go stay in Mendocino and they renewed their wedding vows and it was really Aww. sweet and fun. So those two things were awesome. And overall mm-hmm. summer was good. But um, I was more ready for schools to start than I thought I would be. Like, Interesting. usually I'm like, oh, I don't want to do the routine. And I was kind of like, I need these people out of my house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went super crazy in the heat wave and just decided to clean everything. I've taken like four giant garbage bags worth of actual garbage out of my kid's room. Wow. Wow. They're like little um, extreme hoarders. Yeah. Like I guess all summer I just ignored it and shut the door and finally I was just like. That's fine. I could. I could. So you did it though. Wow. Yeah. Now I'm just like the crazy person that's like, put that away. Did you put it away? Why is that out? That's amazing. <laughs> We're doing that over here too. We we came back from vacation, had about a week where we just like lived in filth and then we like ripped through the apartment. Yeah. We got cleaning do it. everything. It was pretty great. Yeah. I felt like I had a little reset after that um little river vacation we took in August for sure. Nice. Um but it's too it's too funny. I don't know why I even thought I could have a summer living in San Francisco because it was just cold and foggy. It felt like winter. And then now it's been, it was 106 here the other day. I can't believe it. I've never experienced that. So now it feels like summer. Maybe I just decide to have my slack off time over the next two weeks when it's supposed to be 70. It's so weird outside. I can't keep track of it. Oh, well, I say take your summer wherever you can get it. Yeah, that's true. And I I definitely didn't nail it on that first round. So (laughs) anyway, in other news, we like forgot we had a podcast over the summer. Yeah, yeah. We kind of had to let her go, Bill. (laughs) It was too intense. (laughs) So anyway, we figured you guys didn't need to have earbuds in listening to us jabber on anyway. But we're back now. So get ready. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe have some stuff to do. Yeah. (laughs) And you'd like to listen to us. Uh, okay, and today you're going to want to hear this because I am going to make Meg help me figure out how to be a better <sighs> capture of memories. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to make Carla help me figure out how to be a better capture of healthy meals. <laughs> okay, so get ready. Okay, okay, here goes. Okay, so you guys know, uh, you better know, come on. Meg is, <laughs> Meg's a professional photographer. 
Um, and she has extremely mad skills. So I'm not trying to become a professional photographer, but I obviously we all want to take good pictures of our families and at parties and um, kids if you have them. And um, she does this all the time for a living. So I'm going to try to bug her and see if she can give us some hints. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> so the first one I have is thinking about if I want to do like a Christmas card or stage like a photo of my kids that's like a where they're looking at the camera, not like a, you know, candid shot, but like a more portraity type picture. How do I get my kids to just look at the camera and smile and not look like tiny psychopaths? <laughs> you know how they do that, okay. like huge cheese yeah. or like dead eyes and a smile. Like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. It's like the shape of a smile, but there's nothing happy behind <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know that look. Wait. Okay. I have one question for you okay. about this. Are you, if you're talking about maybe wanting to do a family photo card or something, this is one that would maybe just be a shot of your kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not like, yeah. Anyway. Like, I'm okay. just saying, like, I've got both kids and they're dressed nicely, and I want a picture where they're looking and smiling, like to give to grandma. You know. Okay. Okay. So there's a couple things here that I think of. Um, the first one, if you're, if you're like the, the short answer is if you're hell bent on a smile picture, if you really want that, um, I think that you can work with kids to manage expectations a little bit before you even get the camera out. Um, and Carla, you're pretty good at this with your kids. Like I watch you kind of talk them through like what something's going to be like, you know, okay. um, and and it doesn't have to be like you're not laying into them you're not making them nervous you're not like requiring a lot of them you're just speaking to them like the small person that they are and saying hey we're gonna get out the camera I want you to look in it and give me a couple smiles it's gonna be really fun it'll be really short this doesn't work with like two-year-olds obviously right well they're just um, a problem all the way yeah around. but you can kind of <laughs> let a kid know like what's gonna go on and if it's in your parenting style you can sort of offer them a reward one thing that doesn't work when it comes to the rewards is to like sit a little kid down and be like I have M&Ms and the minute they sort of glance at the camera you give them one the reward has to happen after the photos are all done okay yeah otherwise the kid is just like grinning for the reward real quick and then running away yeah screw that no with their m&ms and getting chocolate everywhere i'm not a huge um, reward person but i <laughs> yeah i see it work for i see it work for some no i, I love the idea of like okay if you do this all the way through and we're all good then and that's totally. that's more important i think if you've hired somebody um, yeah, yeah, definitely. But if you're trying to take a picture of your own kids too, like the way that I get kids to relax in front of the camera is I don't make too many demands of them. I actually just talk to them. Like, um, you know, again, when they're, when they're little toddlers and they want to run around and stuff that can be more challenging and you got to be quick on the draw and follow them around. But if you have kids that are of the age where you can tell them to please sit in a spot for a minute and they'll listen, then relax and like, talk to them and by talking talking to them is not like Daniel you need to smile at the camera Lisa you need to blow blah, blah. it's not, that's not talking to them you need to like tell them a joke like get them to tell you knock knock jokes back and forth while you have the camera up over your face because they think that shit's hilarious and eventually they're gonna laugh and then you get a okay okay exactly. so one more on in this vein more than one child get them to tell each other jokes okay okay and and again like so here's the 
I won't ramble on about this too long, but the but the bigger issue in that question for me is like, yes, it's good to have a picture occasionally where both kids are smiling at the camera. And for that, maybe you do need to hire a professional. But um, one thing that can help with that expectation is sort of to like just let go a little bit of what you think makes a great picture that everyone else wants to see. Because I will say like two kids smiling at the camera, that's not very memorable. Right. Like, like I, when I'm photographing families, I kind of, uh, I think about what the kid themselves is actually like. And then I try to capture that personality. Some kids don't like to smile that much. Yeah. Most of them eventually do, but some of them are a little more serious. And I think it's okay to have, those pictures too. Um, having a picture of a brother and sister or two siblings, whatever, interacting can also be really nice. Um, and, you know, maybe one kid's got a big shit eating grin and the other one's kind of looking at the camera a little coy or something. Right. And that might be their personalities. Yeah. That sounds like my kids. That's my <laughs> bigger answer. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, one thing I did, um, I have figured out if I need both kids to look at the camera, I don't care so mm-hmm. much about, I don't, I hate the cheesy grin. I don't care if they're yeah not, like, the the no smile in the eyes yeah, grin yeah. yeah and that's where the jokes and the interaction yeah. come in um, get them to actually laugh but here's a tip that I've found actually and you can tell me what you think if I have them lay down and I stand over them with my camera yeah that's they really will cute. they kind of can't help but look at you tends to come out cute so that's a good trick for totally and it kind of makes them laugh with okay with really little kids too like I am not above I have a couple funny little stuffed animals or I'll find one that is a kid's favorite toy or something and you can actually um that you have the camera in your right hand you know you can actually use your left hand and like balance a little something on top of the lens that's good for really little kids because they want to look at it and they think it's hilarious that something is (laughs) sitting on the on your camera like that yeah they just can't some kids aren't having it and again those are the more serious (laughs) but with with little little kids toddlers that usually works okay i love that okay so um i I'm with you, Meg, that I generally just prefer um, capturing uh, like authentic moments as opposed to trying to get them to manufacture. Yeah. One. yeah. yeah. Um, and in fact, sometimes it's like they turn and give you that cheesy smile and you're like, can you just keep yeah. doing what you're doing? I was just trying to get the picture. So totally. Um, how in your like everyday life? Uh, like your personal life not your work life do you remember to like just get your camera out or how do you recognize times when you think it would be a good time to try to capture a shot oh that's a good question that one's kind of hard um funny enough like as I like the longer my career part of photography goes on I will say the less my candid capturing moments of my own life happens okay which is kind of weird um but in the last few years I have focused on it a little bit more again like I reminded myself um to take the camera out and for for me a part of that without getting too technical is that I started I went back to shooting more film and there's certain light and situations and stuff where film doesn't look good and I can see it right away so I just don't pull out my camera that being said like remember that day we were at the um 
probably didn't send them to you yet. <laughs> but we were at the pool for the pool party, oh. and I took some portraits of all you guys. Yeah, you sent the one of the boys on the rock. That was so Yeah, cute. eating watermelon. <laughs> They're so funny. So for that, um, I guess what I do, this is a really cheesy quote, but I totally believe it. Um, I don't know who said it. Some asshole probably <laughs> teaching the class somewhere said, <laughs> the best camera is the one you have with you. And it's true. So if you have an iPhone and you have an iPhone camera, just use that like or, you know, have a little trial and error to find out if it's your iPhone or maybe a little point and shoot, whatever camera that works for you and that you enjoy using, because you're only going to remember to take it out if it's fairly easy for you. Okay, I like that. And then Um, so having small ones that you can carry around is kind of key. You know, like not every camera needs to be a big old giant thing. And then um, my last tip, I guess, is that uh, just don't forget to bring something like if you're going somewhere and there's going to be a moment like a a family event or a dinner or a friend day or whatever, um, just bring it with you. Just the act of getting it there is going to make you pull it out. (laughs) Okay. Now, um, we can put in the show notes. Will you pull a... um camera or two that aren't super expensive that you like that we could share with people so they have some because I could yeah I actually really really bad want a just a 35 millimeter that's like a film camera well, that's not fancy oh do you so really? maybe you could show me what yeah to yeah yeah so, I think the more people that shoot film the better I know it's not <laughs> I know it's not totally feasible for everybody but digital did a lot to make people just like leave photos on a camera for forever yeah that's I have I have that question coming up yeah 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 yeah. so if like I'm gonna put a film camera and a digital camera in the show notes that I think are easy enough for families to use and people shouldn't be intimidated by it all we used to do was shoot film that's all we had it wasn't hard yeah I'm I'm looking forward to that actually (laughs) okay um but we mostly have our iPhones right like that's kind of yeah um so do you have any tips for having an iPhone photo come out a little better? Do you have apps you use or ways you use it that might maybe people don't yeah. know about? First and foremost, it's like like with any camera you're going to use, um, photography is all about the light. Like that's the most important element. Um, that doesn't mean that it needs to be like you people can like different lights. Some people can like contrasty. Some people can like soft shade, you know. Um but you need to pay attention. Like I see people all the time taking pictures and it's like they aren't looking at what's right in front of them. <laughs> so like a good example is like if you're at a barbecue with a bunch of family and you pull out an iPhone and you try to take a picture of your aunt and uncle at high noon sun with like bright glaring light on their faces and their eyes are in shadow. It's not going to look good. Like right. it, you got to like look at the people in front of you and think like, do they look good? No, let me pull them over here under this tree. So the f- the most important thing for iPhone, because you don't have that much control over the settings, is to find nice light. Okay. For most people, that's going to be some open shade, something that's not super like uh, bright and harsh on people's faces. Um, or if you're going to go that way, go all in and have your friends wear sunglasses, face the sun, um, so they're not squinting into it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Wearing sunglasses and then take like a cute little picture of everyone like that. I like that a lot. Now, another thing that you do um, in your job so naturally, but I think a lot of us 
strive for it you know on Instagram or whatever is like capturing a more of like a detail shot that has like the feeling of the day like you know your kids toes in the sand instead of like their whole uh, you know their whole self at the beach or whatever and I that's hard for me to like I think like oh I want to remember this so I take a picture of like my kids splashing in the waves and that's great like there's nothing wrong with that but then you think oh I bet I would like have more feeling about like their little fat toes all covered in sand oh you know? yeah, yeah there are certain things like it's funny because there's certain visuals that almost hold more of a memory than other visuals like you kind of look at it as like say you took a picture of your kids playing in the waves like you've just documented the day and it could be a really rad picture mm-hmm. um but unless they're doing some particular like motion in that picture or there's some there's some like feeling that has to come through in that otherwise you've just documented something right like straight up proving that they went to the beach (laughs) yeah exactly you're like here this day we went to the beach whereas if you take their little like hands like patting down sand castles or you um get a close-up like you said of their feet or a sandy butt or like them like running or digging in the sand or whatever like um that can have a little bit of a different feeling and the way I remember to do that or I did remember when I was starting out um is just the feeling of up close and far away up close and far away you know what I mean yeah okay like just saying that phrase in your head can remind you to zoom in so to speak on the details mm-hmm. if that's if you have an iPhone you literally walk closer to your subject <laughs> yeah if you have a camera with a zoom lens you can zoom in on something um so that you're showing the overall scene and then you're showing little parts of the scene okay I like that you're so good at that <laughs> but it's something it's easy to forget I think um so yeah that's easy okay well we all we all fixate on faces which of course is like totally normal that's a very human element but I think you can like think of like what other things are human like hands feet like just a smile you know what I mean there's yeah it doesn't have to be just the full frame okay I love that okay so this one may there may be the only solution is hire someone um, that's probably the best answer, but okay. <laughs> let's say I'm having a casual dinner party or like a backyard, you know, get together. It's a, it's enough to call it a party. Like there's a hand, you know, quite a few people there and I'm cooking mm-hmm. and doing all the stuff and wanting to mm-hmm. enjoy my guests. But I still really want to like, remember, those are like my fit. Like I love doing that. I want pictures of that for later. Um, Mm -hmm. I can, I can never manage. I can't ever manage to like host and take pictures. Are there any tricks to like? Well, yeah, that is, that is a hard one. I will say like, if you are, say you're not the host, but you're just a guest at a friend's thing, Mm -hmm. that's much easier to remember to document. Uh, Hosting is its own giant work. And I actually have a question for you about that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) With food. But, um, so that, that's a, that's double. You're going to have to work at it a little harder, but it's possible, um, And what I try to do, uh, like I said, as my career has gone farther with photography, I've been worse at documenting my own life. Um, The way I got back to that and got better at it again was to think of it as like doing little laps. So like if I have a bunch of people over at my house, um, I will do a say like a lap, so to speak, Mm -hmm. of just enjoying everybody and like 
being really part of things because there's a way you can't be fully part of things when you're photographing them. It just doesn't happen. Okay. But then I do a lap where I am like documenting things. Okay. You know what I mean? And I think of it as like little separate instances and maybe it's only like a five minute trip around the room where I'm documenting and then I'm back in it again with everybody. And then there's like a 10 minute trip around the room where I'm documenting and then I'm back in conversations and I'm not distracted. So that's one um, way I do it. Um, If, you know, if you are hosting and like you when you do like say backyard barbecues and stuff like all the stuff you make is so pretty too (laughs) it's kind of fun to like document those things too it doesn't only have to be people like like a shot of the table you set up and stuff like that that's kind of fun to have later on you know as a memory um so I just think of it as like I have my camera on my shoulder I float around the room I grab a few things that look good and then I'm like back to hanging out with everybody okay okay or just always have Meg at your dinner parties (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to do both, but it can be fun. And you can be like, remember, okay, the the pool is another good example. Like I was standing there talking with you and Jason for a minute by the pool's edge and we were watching the kids swim right by our feet and you guys happened to be in good light. So I was like, hey, let me get a picture of you. That What was that? Like four seconds? Yeah, yeah. No, it's nothing. And clearly it takes practice to be fast at it like that, but you can, you know, you can get there. Yeah, but I, I actually really like the lap thing because... Even if you're just setting up, okay, one lap so that I get some pictures, you know, and then just, it's better than none pictures. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Or try, you can also, like, people want to help. You can also, especially if you have a physical camera that's not just your phone, you could hand it off to somebody and be like, hey, this is fun. Can you take a, you know. Totally. Like Jason's good at pictures. So you should hand off the camera to him sometimes and like have him document it. And that was the other thing I was going to say. If you're the one like hosting something, um, I feel like the like it is great to hire someone to shoot it or have a friend shoot it uh, just so you can have a few pictures of yourself too. Otherwise, that doesn't really happen unless you're particularly good at the long arm selfie. Yes. (laughs) Hey, everyone, get a selfie stick. (laughs) Okay. Now, seriously, though, I do want to know. How do you get yourself in pictures? There's a little known tool on most cameras called the timer. (laughs) (laughs) No one uses it anymore, but everyone used to. Think of like, I swear to God, think of the 80s. How many family Christmases were you at where Uncle So-and-so was like, everyone get together and then set a timer and would run into the picture. Yeah, Like, I'm not kidding. We're just not using the tools that are given to us. You're right. And actually, it's really fun. And like, I have a super um, entry level DSLR, but you can Mm -hmm. set it so that the timer will take like 10 continuous shots. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that is like a lifesaver because especially with kids, because the first one's going to be jacked. Totally. You have like time and people can make kind of silly little faces. It's like this fun. It's almost like a video Mm -hmm. you can watch when it's done. It's fun. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's ideal if you have a tripod where you can put the camera on it, but I've not had a tripod most, most like casual occasions of my life. You just find somewhere to set it up. Like, you know, make people do something silly. Not if you want like a super posed traditional photo, hire somebody. Right. Like if you if you want to set your camera on the roof of a car and have everyone stand out in the street, like and do some funny shit in front of the house, do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Timer. Duh. Okay. Timer. Yeah. I love it. I guess a selfie stick could work too. I've seen people do some pretty funny shit with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mom loves her selfie stick. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. We made fun of him, but it was a tool. <laughs> yeah. Actually, in certain instances, it's kind of it's kind of great. Kind of great. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Um, I mean, I have a million, but this is a good start. So my last one is, okay, I've taken all these pictures. My phone doesn't work anymore because there's so many on there. They're all, my computer's crashing. What do I do? (laughs) It's like, I have so thousands of pictures on my computer. Hmm. So what, do you have any recommendations for getting them off of there? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. And you should get them off of there because technology is is hinky. Yeah. You know, you're right. <laughs> um, when you are importing uh, photos like like what are most people using you think to look through photos? Do you think most people with a Mac or something are using iPhoto? Yeah, I would guess. Yeah. That one is a little bit hard for me because it does this really it sucks. Pardon me, weird thing. Yeah, it sucks ass. So it's kind of hard for me to get behind. Yeah. It, <laughs> no, it does this weird thing where it like houses your files in some strange way that you can't access. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's what you've got, that's what you've got. If you can possibly, you know, even if you want to do a trial of it, set up a month where you know you're going to work on stuff a lot. Um, Adobe Lightroom is an amazing program. You don't have to edit in it. You don't have to get into all of the like logistics of how to use it. But but any old person can open it up and at least use it as an organizational tool to like look through images, pick the ones you want to have printed and put them in their own folder. Yeah. Um, I think that, okay, so there's two things I do to get my pictures off of a camera. I go through as soon as I can and I at least choose my favorites, like say from a roll of film, you know, or a, a day shooting on a digital card or whatever. Um, and then put those into a folder on your computer and also put them into a folder on an external hard drive. Because if you're not going to get them printed and off your computer right away, you at least want two backups of it. Yeah. And also, like, there are other services that will back up your photos if you don't have yeah. a hard drive. Like, I use that Amazon Prime photo yep. thing because totally. I already pay for iCloud, that. Yeah. Totally. Whatever. Google, like Whatever. Yeah. And even if you put them... Um, on one of the services for printing like even if you don't print from there it'll still at least your photos are somewhere else like shutterfly or whatever it's better than no other places Mm -hmm. totally and i have like i i realize that convenience and like ease of use is a huge part of this for people um things like shutterfly and snapfish and stuff they're fine like if that's what you can do that's what you can do um but the prints that those sites create are not going to last. And and not everything needs to be some like museum quality archival shit. Like I realize that's usually too much for people. But um, there's this company that is super successful and still people don't know about it all the time. And I, I just have no idea how people have missed the boat on this. But Artifact Uprising, I'm put it in the show notes, is such phenomenal print quality they use archival inks like your images are going to last so much longer because what has happened with the advent of digital photography and printing is that all those pictures you see in your family's photo albums from the 60s and 70s and 80s and whatever that are kind of faded but still like legit and looking pretty good that's not the same process that we use today so many of those prints from those online companies um, that are super duper cheap are going to last you like 
maybe eight years. Oh my god, you know I mean? I'm just I'm so stressed. I'm out so right now. I'm so sorry to terrify. Don't everybody. say that, Meg. But I have no, like albums true. full of those. It's true. Oh. Well, if you're in an album, that's a little bit different, chill. Because if you have a book, it's not exposed to light all the time. Okay, you know what I yeah. mean. It's 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 hidden away, and like that's a that's different. But if you have some photo that you love and is framed on your wall or whatever and it's from one of those just replace it with something from artifact uprising it's not that much more expensive and it's gonna actually last so that like your kids and grandkids can look at it you know yeah okay oh jesus that is i know i'm list. really sorry no to be the bearer no of bad that's news, good but to know. i think that's an important thing that no one thinks about those inks those digital inks fade no really, i don't really think and now i um, thought Artifact Uprising was just for making photo books. So that's how much I know. They have so many amazing products now. Oh my God. I could be like an Artifact Uprising commercial. Okay. And which is silly because it's not even like a pro service. There's a lot of labs that I use that consumers can't access. Okay. You know? Yeah. But everyone can access this. So you can. You can make great photo books. You can make loose prints. You can... Um, you can upload an image. Um, they'll print it and frame it for you and ship it right to you. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. And like, and we met yeah, those people friend at Alt might be that like did that bucks. too. That was pretty cool. That um, Simply Framed yeah. is another one for Framed. They did a really nice mm -hmm. job. I think they also print now as well. I think I'll so. I'll double check on that. I think so. Yeah. I think you can even pick they, your papers and stuff. So that's... Yes, okay. they do. And they have really high-end, beautiful papers. Um, so I'd say they're a little bit more expensive than Artifact Uprising, but they'd be that much better on quality and... Um, okay. You know, well, that's a good just thing don't, to know. Don't get your shit printed at Walgreens, people. Oh There's God. a better way now. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what, though? I will say that, like... I use that Shutterfly app for my iPhone photos because oh cool it's most of the time you're just paying shipping and they send you like the square prints and everything or it's mm -hmm. like so dirt cheap and I figure at least it's off my phone. Yes, but, but yeah. maybe and th and now that's what I mean, I'm like, just wasting my time. No, you're not though. Like I, you know, it depends on how you're keeping them. Again, like okay. if you have a print that you love that's exposed to light all the time, it's gonna fade quicker if you have a book on a shelf it's not okay such a big or deal. things in boxes and, <laughs> that's yeah or things in boxes <laughs> totally that that counts that's how my family stored all their fucking yeah. prints and there's like big you'd pick up a picture when you were a toddler and right underneath it would be one from high school like there's no organization okay, but it's kind of fun it's, <laughs> it's fun super fun boxes. okay yeah yeah and i don't mean that people don't need to make this some like precious crazy process but like you know, make a backup, whether it's on a cloud or a hard drive. Okay. And then get your very favorite ones printed and just try to do it from a place that you know uses archival inks. They'll talk about it endlessly on their website if they use them. Okay. So okay. you're cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're yeah. Golden. Okay, that's... I did not know that, though. It's really good to know, especially for stuff you want to frame. Yeah, totally. Okay. Okay, is that cover yeah, for now? I, I, I feel a little more prepared now. I got a little intense there on that last one. Okay, but. I'm sweating, but I'll get over it's, it. It's important to me. Everyone, everyone take a deep breath. <laughs> okay, so now, oh, the tables have turned. Uh, okay. Meg knows nothing about this. <laughs> okay, here's something I'm constantly, constantly struggling with. Um, I am not a bad cook, but... I don't particularly enjoy it the way that I know you do. Okay. Um, and I am pretty terrible at some aspects of it. I can make things taste good, but I'm really bad at planning them. So we are now going to grill Carla. Oh, wow. That was a really good oh. one. That was a really good 
Oh my god, that was a dad joke. That it just flew out of my mouth. I love it. <laughs> We're gonna grill Carla <laughs> <laughs> on some of the ways she approaches um, nourishing herself and her family because that's really hard to do <laughs> when you get busy. Okay, so Carla, yes, my first question for you. I have. Oh wait, should a we tell really... people that I'm qualified to do this? Oh my god, yeah, of course. You are qualified to do this. That's so funny. I just like went right in it. <laughs> so everyone's yeah, eating no. at my house. It's great. Um, yeah, everyone's eating at Carla's house. It's really, really good. No, you worked in this field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a catering background. Um, yes. And also, I have been feeding other people since I was eight, 19. How old were we when we... I really we did culinary Mondays did, in college, yeah, yeah. and I think we were nineteen. I f- I love feeding people, and um, which is good because I have two small children and a very hungry hungry husband, so I do a lot of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm fairly qualified. No, you are, and you also did um, in those years you were nannying in Seattle, weren't you as well doing meal planning for the family? Yeah, so I've done I've done quite a bit of this kind of work. Uh, semi-professionally and then also uh, let's see I just turned 35 so uh, many (laughs) many years uh, personally so that's I do I know my way around a kitchen yeah absolutely Um, and I have looked to you a lot for this information over the years (laughs) in fact Carla was the person that I called like so stressed out the first year it was my responsibility to make sure that Thanksgiving didn't get ruined oh my god you did so well though (laughs) I did really good yeah but it was because you um you looked at me and you were like okay calm down it's just a big chicken (laughs) (laughs) and I was like oh I can roast a chicken okay (laughs) all right okay so um my first question, this is a little bit of a vague, funny one, but I just struggle with this all the time. Do you have any tips for how to balance um, having both like staples and kind of lasting food in the home versus fresh food? Um, I always tend to gravitate towards purchasing the fresh food and then I tend to not have things to put it with or I feel like I always have one but not the other. Okay, um, this is a good question. Let's see. I would say that um, it helps to know, have kind of an arsenal of recipes that you like to make. So that would be kind of the first step. So for me, my pantry items lean like Italian and American and like a little bit of Asian, but I don't, you know, maybe you love Thai food and so you have like more in that realm or whatever. So the the oh. the first idea is kind of getting used to stuff that you make all the time. That's just sort of helpful because then you know what you need your pantry to be stocked with. So and so, do you kind of think then of um, foods as or, or like methods of cooking? as sort of being related to those genres in a way like I am good at Italian food I make a lot of Mexican food I, yeah like, yeah I mean you can make okay. you can make all those things but even if you make um, a different ethnic food every night of the week you probably make similar recipes that require kind of the same thing so you so- sort of have to like take stock of what you um use a lot in your pantry in order to stock it properly because if you went to the store and just like stocked up on what I keep in my pantry it might not help you but I see get um 
make sure you have olive oil for me like you can't I can't have a kitchen without olive oil it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be the most expensive just decent um and a vinegar that you really like now you have salad dressing like that you know you're already you already (laughs) can make something um cool you know uh I lean on canned like tomatoes a lot Mm -hmm. um you know, I guess try to get the ones that don't have the BPA and the lining. Yeah, that's a little bonus. Yeah, which goes for <laughs> beans, too. I really like to cook beans from scratch um, in the crock pot, but it's also really great to have those on hand. Um, pasta, rice, quinoa, whatever kind of um, thing that you, starchy thing, is really good to have. I, I couldn't not have pasta, although I'm not doing it right now, which is tragic, but. Um, yeah, but so like whatever, um, those are kind of like stock up on them. They're not going to go bad. Like just get a lot of it, get some condiments that don't spoil easily that you have in the fridge so that you're not worrying about that. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I love, I can't not have Dijon mustard that goes in all kinds of random stuff. Just have it. Um, so there's sort of like a handful of things, obviously salt and pepper. Also, if you find um, spice blends that you like, that's like a really good time saver. Ooh, you should put in the show notes those spice blends that you bought me that yeah. one year. Because there's like four of them. Those are amazing. I will. I use those all the time. I'll share. I think you can buy online from them now too. So those are like cool. really great cheater like things to just your food tastes better and you didn't really have to do that much, but just add this somebody else figured out the spice blend that's always (laughs) nice um so for me uh it's it's almost like a different trip like if you have an empty pantry you need to like go and stock your pantry that was my related question to this one if you saw the notes related I wrote related do you just live at the grocery store Um, (laughs) because I can't figure that out so you think of fresh food and staples as almost a different trip yeah but I'm also like I kind of live at the grocery store I go to like three grocery stores on the regular like for different things and I'm picky (laughs) so it's like I like the honesty it's like I like the the produce (laughs) and the butcher here I like the staples are way cheaper here I have to stock up over there they don't have my milk here I'm so I'm like (laughs) because I'm really like kind of crazy about it you don't have to be that way but for me like um I get most of my staples at Trader Joe's because it's cheaper Mm-hmm. Or now I have a Costco membership, so sometimes Costco will be a place to stock up on things. So, um, but the fresh fruit food at Trader Joe's leaves something to be desired, especially yeah, the produce. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really a place for me for pantry items. Um, but it's great. They have really good, lots of good stuff. Side note, remember in college when we used to buy those bags of frozen chicken and I look at them sometimes now and I go, oh, oh well, no. I know. But we were <laughs> broke. I mean, it was better than not eating. Yeah, no, you got to do it. I don't mean to be like some California food snob about it. I just like, you know, yeah. we've grown. We've moved up in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, like, um, and then. Before I had kids, I was a farmer's market person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can really help you 
get your fresh stuff, but now that seems to be like an extra chore I can't make happen. So God, I feel like that the farmer's market is like a block from my house once a week in the summer and I can't even get over there. So, I mean, I I highly recommend it, especially if you like to cook, it'll give you ideas and inspiration Um, or join a CSA. Then your fresh food just comes to you. That's really nice. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's a good option for some of the the fresh stuff. Like, yeah. So. So would you say, I know this would be different for everybody, depending on how often they cook and the size of their family or the people they're cooking for. But for you, what is, what is the frequency of that? Like your staples shopping trip versus your fresh food shopping trip? Well, I buy fresh food once a week, at least. So, I mean, I would just assume most people would need to go to the grocery store once a week if they want to eat fresh fruits and vegetables and fresh fish and fresh protein yeah whatever. that's pretty comparable um, to what I'm doing yeah so I think that that's just life like you have to go to the store or have it delivered or whatever once a week but pantry stuff you can get so good that you do that like once a month except for like a random thing that goes you're like oh shoot I'm out of whatever okay um okay it, it kind of comes down to like finding like your rhythm with it I almost feel feel like if you aren't a really consistent cook at home and you end up just like getting takeout because it's six o'clock and you need to eat or whatever, mm-hmm. um, trying to set up a day like this is my day I go to the store. Like do a big pantry trip whenever you can to somewhere affordable and then mm-hmm. set like I, I always go to the store on Sunday or Friday afternoon or whatever. And at least then you have stuff to cook because that's like the biggest hurdle, I think. Yeah, it definitely is for me. Sometimes I walk into the kitchen. I'm like, oh, my God, we've got nothing again. I feel like I was just there. Yes. but <laughs> yeah. And you were. That's the okay, other problem. So like you were just there. You, yeah, you, you were have to go there. all the time. It's stupid and irritating. I don't know. Yeah, totally. Okay, so, so staples related to genres that you like to cook in. Mm-hmm. You do that less often. Fresh food, roughly once a week, depending on how much you're cooking and and like what kind of meals you're cooking and I would assume the fresh food is a little bit more related to like these are the recipes I'm going to cook this week yeah although um I'm not a huge meal planner um that was my next question like you don't I've never known you to follow recipes exactly and stuff are there any apps or tools or list tools you use or do you find all that stuff to be bullshit you know (laughs) uh, none of that has worked for me but I think that if you're a hesitant cook one concept that I've seen that I think is really neat and could help you figure out a meal plan and help kind of inspire you to try some recipes and stuff and get somewhere with it is um, people, they start, they have like meatless Monday and taco Tuesday and salad Wednesdays and pasta Thursday, like whatever, like it's like a theme party, but with cooking. Yeah. And sort of like, (laughs) and then they just, um, sort of think of something they want to make within that category so it's not just like oh what am I gonna like with no like barriers can be sort of stressful yeah that's a good idea because I sometimes um I like to follow recipes occasionally but sometimes I'll just make stuff the way you know we used to in college and stuff but I find that I 
kind of repeat myself in a boring way. So maybe that's a way around that. Like if you're not a big recipe follower, you can kind of follow some themes or guidelines so that you're not always eating the same fucking thing. Totally. Or like I will do like I'm going to make something I don't usually make. I'll try to try a new like a totally new different thing at least once a month. Ideally more often than that. So okay, um, that is maybe you saw something in a magazine or on Pinterest or perusing um, cookbooks and you can get like every awesome cookbook at the library. I collect them. So I have tons, <laughs> but like go to your library and just check out cookbooks. It's free and they're like really expensive books. It's so fun. I never thought about that. That's cool. So you could set for yourself like I'm going to get one new cookbook a month and try one recipe out of it. Like it doesn't have to be this huge and then it might be something that you cook all the time and it might not. And I will share in the show notes cookbooks that are full of recipes that aren't like aspirational, but like normal family everyday meals. Okay. Because there's like, mem- I, what was that cookbook called that we both loved for a little while? I don't know if it's actually realistic now that you have a family and are cooking for them. But remember that like river house family something something yeah. where they like um that one they- is a little bit aspirate i mean it's gorgeous i have it and i love it um but it's, it's a little involved it was it was really cute though really i like the cute. way they did it like they were teaching the kids about the garden and oh, stuff yeah. and then it's a gorgeous also book. cooking from there yeah like nobody's got time for that yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. um but i will share a few that are like they have recipes in them that I've I've adapted and use all the time that's what's nice like you're trying to kind of find stuff that you can add to your repertoire so you're not making and then what happens is you get to the point where you kind of like you can you can approach it one of two ways pick out the recipes and go shopping for that I've never done that that's hard for me for some reason too I was wondering if that's just me or if that's a lot of people like I don't know if I'm bad at making lists or what it's like (laughs) such a chore to me I don't know so for me it's like I let what looks good dictate what I buy and then I get it home and figure out what I'm going to make with it because I have a well-stocked pantry so yeah and because you've got that level of skill so like it's like Like. (laughs) oh uh you know chicken thighs are on sale so that's what chicken we're having instead of like I need chicken breasts for this thing I saw on Pinterest like no like I'm not going to buy the most expensive chicken I'm going to get whatever's on sale and then figure out what to oh, make that's with it. good that's a good that's a good budget tip too yeah oh, or like it look you know you <laughs> get important. to the store and like there's a certain fish that looks so good like mm-hmm. get it and then get it home and figure out what to do you know buy fish and lemon and some herbs and some rice you have dinner like you don't overthink it like just um so like having yeah sometimes the recipes seem to involve an amount of overthinking that can be kind of yeah I'm sure like they taste great I'm sure like most of them but it's like sometimes I'll read a recipe you know there's like five ingredients that don't need to be in there (laughs) like and it's a weeknight you know you don't have time for like this elaborate so I think kind of like okay yeah get the vegetables that look good that are in season get some stuff that you always know you like like I love I always get some sort of like green that can eat be cooked or eaten in a salad so like Mm -hmm. spinach arugula kale uh you know I don't know there's a million of them that's a really nice thing to always have because they're like you can either make a salad you can cook it add it to whatever Mm -hmm. um 
eggs. You don't always have to eat meat. So eggs are really helpful. Mm -hmm. So speaking of that thing you mentioned, of like I walk into the kitchen in the evening and I'm looking through the fridge and I'm going to match up these items or whatever. Um, Or I walk in and there's a recipe I know I'm going to make. How long would you say like on a normal night do you set aside for cooking? Like I sometimes feel like when I'm cooking a lot, I feel like I live in the kitchen and we have it we have you know responsibilities split in our household such that I'm the one that does the shopping and the cooking like and don't everybody come at me with your like anti-feminist thing Craig vacuums (laughs) I just (laughs) yeah so anyway how how long do you set aside because it takes so long sometimes I'm still working at 6 p.m and I'm like oh no we're not gonna eat until 7 30 right (laughs) well this is a this comes back to um practice for the most part I um but even if a recipe is supposed to be quick and it says it's like a half hour um I always budget an hour for making dinner okay from start to finish like from getting up and looking in the fridge and what am I gonna make and chopping everything up and dealing with homework in between and all that stuff like an hour is reasonable if I'm trying a new recipe and it's not like a quick recipe it's like an elaborate thing I just know mm-hmm. that going in that it's going to take longer than it should, and it's going to be and like would you an say hour you're and a half. More, yeah. And are you more like liable to do something like that on the yeah, weekend or yeah. on a night when you don't have as much responsibility? That to me is like for fun. So um, okay, you know, don't even attempt that stuff if you don't like cooking. Do easy stuff because you'll start to like cooking if it's not a big, huge, long chore. So I do have yeah. recipes that. I, you know, I can make pasta in the time it takes the water to boil, but that's just, you know, and the noodles to be ready. That's just practice. Yeah. So that's like, you know, 20 minutes you're sitting down to eat. Um, So maybe have a few things like that that you can do. Re- so like a simple tomato sauce, um, eggs cooked any way you like um, are quick, stuff like that. A few things like that so that you can not be so stressed out and then also just give yourself the time and try to make it fun instead of like yeah and I guess I guess none of these tips would apply to people who like just fucking hate cooking but sorry guys we're not talking I know (laughs) hopefully you got restaurants around but for people like me who like it and are like okay at it but need a little help on the organizational end of it that's that's a, a really good point um another thing that I always see you be like really really good at with food and organization is the idea of like cooking a meal and then using some leftovers in a following meal oh yeah (laughs) can you talk about that okay so (laughs) because I suck at it okay so I don't like to waste food and also it's expensive um but if you get good at this it's like you cook once and you eat twice it's awesome (laughs) See, this is what I need. Yeah. So um, some things that work really well for this is um, learn how to roast a chicken. Roast a chicken on Sunday, eat it, and then I'll get like two more meals out of that. So wow. Because um, I'll I'll take the chick the leftover chicken off and make I don't know fajitas or enchiladas or throw it in a pasta or you know I don't know just a stir fry even like you could um doctor it up so 
Okay, quick, quick question on the removing of the extra chicken. Parts. Yes. <laughs> is that easier done after it's been in the fridge a little while or like right after you finish dinner and it's like still warm and stuff? I always do it when it's cold, but that's just because I'm late. I've never tried when it's still warm. Like I'm just, we have okay. dinner and then I stick it in the fridge and deal with it later. Okay. Um, cool. And then don't throw away your chicken carcass because that's soup. Um, just stick that in some water. You got a soup going. <laughs> well, it's stock, but you know, mm. then you add veggies and some beans. It doesn't even have to have chicken in it, but it's like, that's just a good flavoring. Yeah. And, and then you haven't wasted anything. Um, so that's like, that's like the ultimate one. Cause you can do so much with it. And if you have a huge family, okay. just roast two chickens on Sunday. It's the same amount of energy. And then you're good to go. You have a whole backup plan or if you just happen to have craig in your household just roast two yeah chickens. or jason yeah <laughs> two chickens <laughs> are str- as a strong choice um he's like one is for me <laughs> and you know what if you hate cooking pick up a rotisserie chicken that's true sometimes i, I like i love those. roasting my own yeah. chicken it's a, but dude sometimes you walk by that counter and you're like mm-hmm. that roast chicken is like 9.99 like and it's done and time is money motherfuckers like <laughs> totally so there's no shame in that um no so um let's see another one is like meatballs make a big thing of meatballs they freeze they taste better if they get cold and reheat you can either just make them again with pasta or you can have meatball subs or if you only have a little bit left i use them as a topping for pizza um let's see there's so many like that meatloaf can become meatloaf sandwiches which I like better than meatloaf. Um, any kind of like stew that's like n- always double a stew or a chili or whatever and freeze the other half and then your self will thank you so hard when it's just there. <laughs> <laughs> there has got to be cookbooks about this topic, right? I hope like, so. I need, to, need write to make one. one. I could. I think you need to make one because I think it's really hard for normal people that don't have that cooking background to be like, this item could turn into this item like we almost need to be told like the way you just right. said like chicken can turn into these right things. Like, right i it never would have occurred to me to be like meatballs meatball subs and that is like <laughs> that is like the most obvious one ever right but it just never would have even occurred to me i can't <laughs> maybe it's just not something we ate a lot but <laughs> yeah but yeah like batch cooking is really really your friend especially if you don't like to cook because then it's just done yeah, that meal prep thing seems to be really an important part of life if you're trying to, uh, you know, follow a specific um, diet or make sure you're cooking at home a lot or like just having some of that stuff prepared because life is so busy. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'll look, look for my cookbook that tells you how to yeah. <laughs> turn. Don't sleep on this information. <laughs> meals into leftovers. Okay, I have one more question for you. And it's funny because it was kind of like the last one you asked me. Um, I love the idea of having friends over for dinner. I love the idea of having like backyard barbecue. We don't have a backyard, but you know yeah. what I mean? Apartment barbecues. Like, I really like the idea of hosting and having food involved. Um, but man, I understand how people feel of like you're, you're hosting. You almost don't even get to interact with anybody. You're just cooking the whole time. Um 
And I was wondering if you could talk about what, like, you're good at doing both. Like, how do you go about that, making sure you get to enjoy yourself? Um, Don't attempt a new recipe at a dinner party. Just don't do it. Okay. That would be (laughs) number one, because it's just stressful. And you're not even sure how it's going to come out. Like, that's not fun. Um, Unless that's the point of the party. You can have, like, a fun cooking party where everyone's coming over to help. And you're going to try it. That's different. Um, But that's sort of its own thing. If you're just wanting to host... um, have a lot have as much as you can made prior so um if i'm gonna do appetizers it'll either be something really simple like a pretty cheese board or it's something that's been completely prepped ahead of time and that goes for like let's say i'm gonna serve a side salad the dressing is made the salad's all cut and in the fridge and like all that has to happen is for it to be dressed at the party like don't be messing with chopping lettuce when you have guests you can do that okay before so kind of like look at whatever you've decided to make and be like what can I do before and do it um to the point of even like you can sometimes pre-cook meat and then just reheat it um that doesn't always work but for example um Let's see if you don't want to be standing over a burning hot grill for like ever, but you really (laughs) wanted to serve ribs, you can like slow do those earlier and then just rewarm them up either in the oven or in the grill. Um, There's a lot of like things like that. And you can even like search online for like do ahead barbecue and you'll at least get some ideas for stuff you can do. Um, ask for help people want to help and then you can socialize with them that's true huh whenever i'm at i'm always like what can i do that's that's true people like want to come in and like be part of totally like hey could you um chop the you know cut the bread or whatever you know and then just Mm -hmm. like um i think that it's less important for it to be fancy and perfect and it's way more important that everyone's having fun so it's like <laughs> that's like my tip about like don't expect all the yeah. kids to smile <laughs> it's like, like change your expectations totally have plenty of booze and some backup food that you can eat even if you burn everything and it's like all gone <laughs> <laughs> um and make enough so I always make too much food but I to me like um the feeling of a party is like abundance so you don't have to spend a lot of money, but just have uh, have it feel like there's plenty of food. So no one feels shy to come back for leftover, you know, for a second yeah. helping or um, whatever. And fill it out with some nice bread, some um, simple store-bought bread. <laughs> sometimes, you could 12 feet out, of bread. sometimes you could fill it out with like 10 feet yeah. of a fancy bread wrapped in paper. Well, Carla had a backyard barbecue <laughs> recently. It took two people to carry out the loaf of fucking bread she bought. It was insane. It was amazing. It was so good. It was a centerpiece. We didn't even dent it. (laughs) And a weapon. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, But really, like, that was so fun and funny. And everyone felt like there was so much to eat. There was plenty of food. I don't even remember what I made. But just have fun with it. It doesn't have to be... um, super strict or fa- you know I don't know yeah do you feel like that part of the answer I always feel like this with with um photography too especially with kids it's like I feel like the answer is try it a lot like 
do it a bunch of times yeah yeah and then you might like feel more like don't if you can help it don't host thanksgiving as your first thing you know like do something that's less pressure and not you know crazy even start by having people over for like a potluck so you're you know you're just worrying about the hosting part like and Mm -hmm. then work your way up and yeah do it a bunch that's a good idea cool and all mad skills (laughs) <laughs> if there's enough alcohol involved, no one... Everything yeah. tastes and bread, good. you're good. Yeah. <laughs> carb on carb. Oh. So, yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. I'm, oh, that was very helpful. Thank hey, you, Hey, no problem. <laughs> oh, my God. We need to be like sister wives. We would just kill. Dude, I know. We'd have pictures of the kids. We'd have food. There'd be alcohol. Amazing. <laughs> I feel like that's all you need. Um, So we could transition now to a quick segment. I know we had kind of a long episode, but we wanted to uh, talk about things we're good at. And now we could complain about something real quick if you want. I think that's a great idea. (laughs) Okay, Um, cool. Uh, Today we're going to do, since since we forgot we had a podcast this summer and we haven't been with you in a while, we're just going to do a quick round of best worst thing. You guys probably know what it is at this point. It's the combo best worst thing that we've dealt with in the recent past. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Meg, what's your best worst thing? Uh, mine right now is workouts. Oh, God. They are amazing and awful. <laughs> I have the combo best worst thing Yay. this time. Yeah, dude. I've been like busting ass um, except for my little summer vacation for the last couple months. And it's been like really incredible to see what I can do and really horrible to have to do it. (laughs) Basically, basically I hit a point early in the summer after my first couple weddings. um, This this workout thing, I'm not going to lie, part of it came from vanity. I was feeling like my clothes didn't fit right. I was feeling kind of shitty about how I looked. You guys can hear all about our body issues and diet beliefs back in like, what, episode four or something? I don't know. Anyway, so it definitely was partly vanity, but it was also partly like I legit felt weak. Like my job is so physically demanding and I would get home from a tough wedding, say, and I would limp for like 24 hours. <sighs> like my back was messed up. I mean, it's just like hard. And I thought I got to get stronger. I can't do this. Um, And so Craig was super sweet and he bought me a round of workouts with this trainer at my gym. Nice. Um, so I've been doing that since the end of June and it's fucking crazy. Oh my God. Yesterday he made me put my feet in these weird TRX stirrups and then do push-ups with my feet hanging in these stirrup things. No. Yeah. And then it's like, he has this evil little duffel bag full of sand. It's like 10 pounds and he makes you squat down and lift it up and then like catch it in your in your arms and do another squat and then like shoot your arms up over your head and throw the sandbag over your head like i can do things right now that i never thought i could do (laughs) oh my god are you turning in one of those crazy crossfit ladies that's amazing because i I hate every moment of it like burpees and god i don't burpee he makes me do remember those things that you would have to do in like high school they were um mountain climbers yeah where you move your feet up but he makes you put your feet on these like little discs so you can't actually lift your toes up you have to slide them along the floor it's like extra evil oh my god it's crazy so i really dread it um but it's actually really making a difference That's awesome. like this wedding i had last weekend was 110 degrees we were like running through a vineyard with a new orleans jazz band that led everyone out of the ceremony 
And I was not even winded. Like it sucked. It was hotter than shit. I was pouring sweat, but I was running with like three cameras on me. And I thought, hey, this is like really doing something. That is awesome. <laughs> and Meg is not yeah. exaggerating. It was actually 110 degrees. Yeah, you guys, I'm not exaggerating. This was the first wedding I've ever had conversations with my team about heat stroke. I've been like, hey, if you feel this way, you need to go sit oh down. Never had to God. do that before. Okay. It was baller. You're t- you're a total baller. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's okay. Yours? Um, mine is kind of related to our talk today. Mine is Costco. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I love to hate Costco. It's the best worst thing. <laughs> like, it's so nice to stock up on stuff. Um, it is really nice to just have stuff in your pantry so that you're done. Um, mm-hmm. But you have to buy such huge quantities of things that you don't even buy that much. And it's, you're, you check out and it's like, well, I'm sorry, what? Like, it's <laughs> so much money in one Is shot. it really? I thought it was supposed to be cheap. Well, it's cheap, like, per chicken thigh or whatever but it's like you have to buy oh. <laughs> 20 pounds you know, like it's so much oh my god and um for me anyway it's impossible to like get everything I need at Costco so it's like a whole separate extra place yeah. to shop you've replaced the farmer's market uh, like with it's your other errand right but the farmer's market seems more fun than Costco yeah but maybe just more fun like blog worthy fun though yeah 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 but um so I love it because there are things I really like there like they have some really nice high quality things for good prices but I really hate going there because they move everything around every time it's like some ploy to make you have to go through the entire warehouse to get the things that you buy every time are in different spots I don't know I can't um maybe there's just a guy over there with a forklift who's like i don't know where to yeah. put these 88 pies yeah. and then they have to they do it so that you have to like go... dan put it by the stereo yeah they do it so you go oh stereo i need that that's why they do it so you go past everything just in case you needed to pick up they're like turn left at the t-shirts i know and then you go... i know and then like i I want a Vitamix so bad, but I don't want the guy to try to sell it to me through the little thing. It's, you know, he's got the headset. So I don't know. I love, I love what's in my house when I'm done with Costco. Yeah. I just don't like going there or paying for it. Uh, I bet you love the alcohol prices. I've heard those are great. They are. Their wine prices aren't good um, up oh. here. Well, I'm a brat about that. But um, there, yeah, you can get a handle of booze for like what a normal bottle would be. That's nice. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Right now at the corner stores around our house, like the medium size of Stoli vodka is like $32. Shut up. No, I'm not kidding. They've got you. They've got you over a barrel because they know you had a hard day oh and God. that you cannot bear to drive through city traffic to go to the Trader Joe's and get it for $20. I'm going to get you a handle of Stoli at, or... at Costco. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I know. It's dumb. It's dumb. Um, so, yeah, that's my best worst. But mostly everything's good. All right. Cool. <sighs> Man. <laughs> I'm sore, but good. I'm glad we're back at this. Yeah, I missed doing I it. I missed it, too. That was a, summer was weird. You know, the world's burning. So oh, my God. <laughs> we might as well talk on the phone about things. 
Yeah, I don't know if any of these skills are going to help us in the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm not sure if any of them will help us uh, fight Nazis either. But Jesus <laughs> Christ. Maybe they're just hungry. Maybe they're hangry. Put on th- maybe that's... Yeah, maybe they're hangry. Maybe I should give some tips for documenting them at the rallies you should all be going to. Stay safe. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so stressful out there, guys. Yeah. Well, we would love to hear from all of you guys if you have um, tips to help us out in some area of life. Maybe you know a lot about um, budgeting money. Oh, God, please help. Oh, yeah, we need that. Or cleaning the house or furthering your career or punching Nazis. We'll take any of it. We We need all all that help. (laughs) Do you have a way we can fight climate change? Because it's hot as fuck in the city right now. (laughs) Yes, please. Any and all suggestions are welcome. Where can they reach us, Carla? I'm bad oh, at that. Um, we're on the social medias <laughs> at KiddingCast. Our website is whoarewekidding.com. And um, our email is whoarewekiddingpodcast at gmail. That's really long, but that's what it is right now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We are so happy to be back. We hope you got some helpful skills. And again, we would love to hear skills that could help us so hit us up anytime and we will talk to you soon happy fall bye output input okay bars are going i'm seeing things (laughs) happening (laughs) they may not be the things we meant to have happen but something's happening